Hey, thanks so much for listening to Sandals Church. Our vision as a church is to be real with ourselves, God, and others. We hope you enjoy this message. Hey guys, welcome to Sandals Church. Super excited you are here today. I'm gonna do the best I can today. I just told the audience watching that last night I ate something with some weed in it. I meant wheat. So, and they all thought it was funny. Apparently a lot of pot smokers in here today during the recording, but I meant wheat. Wheat, like in your sandwich bread. Uh, so I'm just having a little allergy today, but I'm gonna do the best I can. I'm all Zyrtec'd up and ready to go. So we're in a series called You, and this is our last week. I know it's kind of sad. It's kind of sad, except for the haters. They're like, yeah, I've been praying this was over. But <laughs> that's okay. We love you too, and so does Jesus. I mean, he loves you. I'm praying about it. But anyways, I'm glad you're here today. And so we're in a series called You, and today we're gonna talk about the nine. The nine, the peacemaker, you know? And so if you're a peacemaker, we love you. That's why I'm wearing a sweatshirt because you're so chill, you know? Some of you are watching from home. You got your, you know, your popcorn and you're just chilling and watching and God made you that way. And we're so excited. Hopefully one day you'll serve at church. But until then, <laughs> we're glad you're here today and we love you. So we're gonna talk today about the person that our entire faith starts with. So think about this guy, Abraham, the nation of Islam, Israel and Christianity all point back to this one guy named Abraham. And this is where our whole understanding of who God is, of who you are, of what we're called to do comes from. And listen to me, nines, these great religions are all based upon a nine. So when God started his religion, when God started to call humanity, he picked a nine. And so if you're a nine today and you're like, yeah, I don't think like God has a, a big plan for me, you need to really ask yourself, then why when it all started, did he pick a nine? So we're gonna just talk about Abraham today in Genesis 18. And I think this is the best picture of when Abraham is at his best trying to negotiate peace between God and Sodom and Gomorrah. So if you didn't grow up in church, Sodom and Gomorrah are famous for all the wrong reasons, right? It was like the ancient world's Vegas, but it went even more Vegas than Vegas, and so God destroyed it. And if you're watching from Vegas today, we love you and we're praying for you, and we pray that Abraham would negotiate peace between you and Vegas, amen? Okay, so Genesis 18, verses 20 through 33. So the Lord told Abraham, and listen to me today, God speaks, and I pray that you would hear God speak to you. He said, I've heard a great outcry. Any of you ever feel like God doesn't hear your prayers? God doesn't hear your thoughts? God doesn't care about your life? Let me tell you something, God does. He hears you and he knows what's happening in your life. He says, I've heard a great outcry from Sodom and Gomorrah. Now their outcry isn't prayers, their outcry is sin because their sin is so flagrant, okay? The Hebrew word for smell, you're gonna love it, reek, <laughs> reek, it reeked, okay? It was reeking and God smelled it. He said, I'm gonna go down there and see if their actions are as wicked as I have, as I have heard. You see, even God doesn't always trust the news, amen? A little too political, everybody's like, oh, I'm uncomfortable. It's gonna be okay. But God says, I wanna go down and I wanna see for myself what's happening. And so the other men turned and headed towards Sodom. But the Lord remained with Abraham. And here's one of the most amazing conversations between God and a human being almost ever in the entire history of the world. And Abraham approached him. And this is the thing I want you to know, man. If you feel far from God, God is always approachable. And we find that perfectly in Jesus. Some of you, you haven't been to church. 
Man, I, I went to pick up some food this week uh, and, and, and we were getting ready for my daughter's wedding. And so I went to pick up some food and, and the waitress, when she saw me, when I came in to pick up our food, she just started crying. And she said, oh my God, which that's not me, <laughs> but I represent him. She said, I haven't been to church since COVID started. She said, I've fallen away from God. I've been in an abusive relationship. My life is a mess. I got in a car accident. She's like, my dog died. And she said, I just feel like you're here today for a reason. I was like, yeah, to get some food. <laughs> and she said, she said, no, I feel like you're here to bring me back. And she said, I just feel like this is an appointment from God. Maybe today is an appointment from God and God's gonna borrow me to reach you. And so right there in the restaurant, we prayed together. In front of an entirely packed restaurant, we prayed together because she asked me to pray. She said, will you pray with me? I said, absolutely. And I just want you to know that God is approachable and you don't need me to connect with God. All you need is God and he wants to connect with you today. And so Abraham says, God, will you sweep away both the righteous and the wicked? You see, this is one of the questions we have to ask ourselves as believers. Is God good? I mean, sometimes you feel like God is challenging you to take away something you believe that is good in your life. And so you wrestle with, God, are you really good? Because I think this is good for me. And that's the tension, right? Is God really good? Has he outlawed something that I think is good? And, and what does that say about God? And so Abraham says, look, you're gonna judge all of Sodom. You're gonna judge all of Gomorrah. And let's, let's talk about it. He's gonna kill everybody. Men, women, and children. Now think about that. Even on the Titanic, you know, women and children got off, amen? God's like, nope, them too. Even the kids, they're ornery, they gotta go. This is, this is doomsday. Suppose you find 50 righteous people living there. Now we don't know how large the city was, but theologians speculate around 100,000 people. So are there 50 good people? Will you sweep it away and not spare the rest for their sakes? Surely you wouldn't do such a thing. Destroying the righteous along with the wicked. Why would you be treating the righteous and the wicked exactly the same? Surely you wouldn't do all that. Surely you would not judge all of the earth to, that is doing what is right. And the Lord replied, if I find 50 righteous people in Sodom, listen to this, I will spare the entire city for their sake. Man, isn't that good to know? I know some of you are deeply concerned about America. Look, we just need 50. <laughs> we just need 50. So sign up, be one of the 50 and keep us from the judgment of God. 50 people to speak truth to power. 50 people to speak righteousness to sin. 50 people, how about this, just to actually live it out. You see, some of you are righteous on Facebook, but you're not actually righteous in your own life. Like you can tweet it, but you can't live it, amen? God wants people to actually live it. And so God says, I will spare the entire city for their sake. And then apparently Abraham knows a little something about Sodom. He says, well, since we've begun this conversation, Lord, let me speak a little further to you. So if you're raising a nine and there's an answer, just know the negotiation has just begun. <laughs> Even though I am but dust and ashes, suppose there are only 45 righteous people rather than 50. Will you destroy the whole city for a lack of five? And the Lord said, I will not destroy it if I find 45 righteous people there. And Abraham, 
he pressed a little further. So I'm like, yeah, my kid is a nine. Definitely, definitely a nine. Suppose there are only 40. And the Lord replied, I will not destroy it for the sake of 40. Abraham says, please, please, don't be angry, Lord. Abraham pleaded, but let me speak again. Suppose there are only 30 righteous people are found. And the Lord replied, I will not destroy it if I find 30. And then Abraham said, since I have dared to speak to the Lord, let me continue. Suppose there are only 20. And the Lord replied, I will not destroy it for the sake of 20. Finally, Abraham said, Lord, please don't be angry with me if I speak but one more time. Suppose there are only 10 found in Sodom. Now, some of you don't know this, but God requires the number of 10 for a house of worship. The prophet Zechariah says this, that there will be 10 representatives from every tribe, every tongue, and every nation in heaven. Think about that. Of all the peoples on earth, they will all be represented by at least 10 before Jesus Christ comes again. So were there 10, just 10, were there enough people to have a synagogue, a meeting for God? God says, I will not destroy it for the sake of 10. When the Lord had finished his conversation with Abraham, he went on his way and Abraham returned to his tent. And let me tell you something. And God brought hell, fire, and brimstone down on Sodom because there weren't even 10. Here's the truth. There wasn't even one. And let me just stop today. If you feel far from God today, I want you to look at your friends. I want you to look at your family. Some of you are living in Sodom. Some of you are camping in Gomorrah today. And the reason you think there's no God, the reason you think there's no good is because everybody around you is evil. Would you change your life today? Nothing corrupts good character like bad company. Would you just change your company? Would you just change your direction? Would you just change your life today? Because let me tell you something, I don't care where you live, there's somebody who loves Jesus nearby. Even if you're watching from Sandals Anywhere, would you connect with us? We care about you, we love you. I don't know what's happening to your life. I don't know what's going on with you, but God wants to change your direction. Man, I was at the gym this week, I was working out, and we, you know, every gym has like the buffest guy. It's not me, it's not me. I'm not even the buffest gal at my gym. But there's this guy and he's just gigantic. And, and I know him because he just stands out everywhere he goes, he is massive. And I, I ran into him a, a couple of months ago at one of our campuses and so now I know he goes to church occasionally. I said, hey man, how you doing? And I could just tell by his face that things weren't okay. And I just said, can I pray for you? <laughs> That's exactly how he said it, can I, can I pray for you? He said, yes, pastor, please pray for me. He said, I need wisdom. Let me tell you something, peacemakers, that's what you bring to people's lives, wisdom. God has given you his supernatural wisdom. And what my tall friend, my gigantic friend needs is a Christian who's a nine, who can see where they are and see where he needs to go. You see, many of you are asking for God's wisdom and listen to me for those of you who hate community group, who don't wanna get in small group, the way God's gonna speak to you is through another person who has his wisdom. And that's the peacemaker. The peacemaker reflects God's peace. God's peace. Philippians 4, 7, the peace of God, listen to this, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 
You see, some of you keep praying for peace on earth. What you need to pray for is the peace of God, the peace of God. And that's what the nine has. The nine brings peace to our relationships, to our friendships, to our families, to our churches. And that's why we need these people. We need these people who want peace. Abraham wanted to negotiate peace between God and Sodom and Gomorrah, between the most holy and the most awful. And that's what nines can do. And let me just say this. Do we need some more nines in our culture today? We got everybody on the left ready to fight. We got everybody on the right ready to fight. And let me tell you something, nines, we need you to speak up. We need you to speak up because the left is not always wrong and the right is not always right. Neither of them stand for Jesus. And what we need is to say, hey guys, let's work together so we can actually make a difference. The motivation of the nine is to be at peace. But here's the thing, to avoid conflict and to create healthy spaces for people to thrive. Okay, nines want the world to be a a perpetual coffee shop. We're just all chilling. We're caffeinated, but relaxed. (laughs) I haven't figured out how to pull that off yet. But that's what they want the world to be, like where we all come together and we just kind of kumbaya together. And that's, that's what they bring. When healthy, nines, the peacemakers, listen to this, they can see multiple sides to any given decision or scenario. That's what Abraham's doing, God. They can't all be bad. There's gotta be a couple good apples in the bunch of rotten ones. And they look for the good in others. And here's the reason why some of you need nines in your life, because some of you can't see anything good in you. And the nine can go, there it is. There it is right there. And they can bring out the best in you, because some of us are blind to the good that God's put in us. But nines, they can see it. And they can negotiate between two friends or two family members or a husband and a wife who no longer want to, to live together or between brothers and sisters that no longer speak. Nines are gifted by God at creating peace between people. Listen to me, especially if you're a one. I love you, God loves you. Go all the way back eight weeks ago to listen to that sermon. But isn't it interesting that God hitched the apostle Paul as he began to heal, as he began to grow, as he began to learn with Barnabas, who is a nine? His name means peacemaker. And if you're high one, you need to strap yourself to a high nine because you got no chill (laughs) and you need to learn to chill. But listen to this, peacemakers are inclusive, patient and accepting of others. That's why we need you in the church. You see, part of the reason the church doesn't grow is because we constantly look for reasons to exclude people. Peacemakers, you look for reasons to include. To include, you come to Sandals Church like, oh man, this is cool. There's a lot of people in here. Most people are like, oh, somebody's sitting in my seat. (laughs) Can we just be honest? Most of us don't want the church to grow because you don't care about God's heart. You just want God to care about your heart and he does, but he also cares about your neighbor's heart. And your neighbor's heart needs their butt in church. And what that means is we need to make room for them. And that's what nines do. Nines are willing to give up their seat. Nines are willing to give up their preference. Nines willing to give up their position, their power, their prestige to make room for others. You see, nines are great at fitting in. Nines love being a part of something bigger than themselves. And that's beautiful. Peacemakers are good listeners, man. Good listeners. Somebody told me a couple months ago, you're such a great listener. And I just started laughing. You know, I had to work at it. I had to work at it. Like when you're talking, I just have to just. 
I can't even breathe. I just have to listen to what you're saying. Because I know what we both need is to hear my thoughts. That's not what we both need. I can't tell you how many fights early on were me solving Tammy's problem halfway through her complaining. I didn't even let her get to the period. She's like, ah, it's a comma. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. But peacemakers are naturally good listeners. We have this pastor on staff. His pastor's name is Pastor Dan Crowley. We call him our, our Yoda. And when I talk to him, he's just always like, mm, yes, mm, yes, mm. Like, if you just want to feel good, go talk to a nine. You can have the dumbest idea. They're like, mm, I can see some truth in that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you go talk to an eight, they're like, that's dumb. Stop talking. Right? The ones are like, here's all the ways you're wrong. The eights, the nine's like, I feel you. Hmm. Let's go have coffee. Yeah. But peacemakers, listen to me, are considerate of the perspective of others. You see, one of the things that we're learning in society is we have different perspectives. This is why all my Enneagram haters, I love you, but the Enneagram is so important because it helps you to see people see things from a different perspective. And we need to learn that not everybody sees things the same way we do. And so many of us, right, here's what the world is doing. The world is constantly boxing us into categories based upon gender, sexuality, and ethnicity. And we need to say, okay, maybe this person has a different perspective. You guys remember during the George Floyd riots when black people legitimately so were, were just so upset over what had happened. And we all should have been upset. But I remember we had a single mom in our church. She emailed me. She's a black mama. And somebody's saying, oh, I know where that email's gonna go. No, you don't. Because you see her son's a police officer. You see, her perspective is different from her gender. It's different from her race. Because she cared about her son and she was worried about his safety. And we need to learn to see other people's perspectives and nines just naturally make room for that. The rest of us, we box people in and we think we know what they're gonna say before they say it. And some of you are judging people before the words come out of their mouth and nines give us the freedom to speak. Nines learn to listen. They know when something's wrong. Think about that concert this week where everybody died. People were shouting, people weren't okay. There are thousands upon thousands of people and no one was listening. You see, when people don't listen, people die. We need to learn to listen and that's why we need nines. Peacemakers desire, desire to see the world as a more peaceful place, amen, good God. Do we need any more conflict? My gosh, I think we need to have a new holiday. It's just called chill month. The White House does nothing, amen? <laughs> nothing. We just, we don't make a decision. We just, we just chill. Wouldn't that be nice? If we elect a nine into the Oval Office, we'll get that. They'll just chill for four years. They're, this is gonna be their platform. You're gonna forget I'm president. Wouldn't that be awesome? Who's president? Mm, there are nine. Here's the thing, nines, I love you, but when you're unhealthy, peacemakers avoid conflict at all costs. 
And you say, well, that's a good thing, right? No, 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 because some things are worth fighting for. Some things are worth fighting for. If you're an eight, you're like, yeah, they are. No, 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 no. chill, chill. Peacemakers, you, you gotta learn this. You can't run from everything. Sometimes you gotta stand up for what's good, right, and true. Like if somebody's being assaulted, which just happened recently on a train in America, people just watched. Sometimes you can't just watch. You have to actually do something. Some evil is so evil, it has to be confronted. Peacemakers, I love you, but you don't declare your own needs. Like if you're raising a nine, they're never gonna tell you what they wanna eat. They're never gonna tell you where they wanna go. Oh, they're gonna talk about it in counseling years later. My mom and dad never asked me. They gave me chocolate ice cream my whole life and I clearly love mint chip. <laughs> but that's what happens. Nines don't automatically give their opinion. And I'm, if I'm in a meeting, I never have to ask an eight, how do you feel? They've already told me at the beginning of the meeting. The one has told me how I've broken the rules of the meeting. The three has told me how if I just listened to them, the meeting would be more efficient. The nine just wants out of the meeting because the rest of us are scary. <laughs> but here's the thing I've learned. Nines oftentimes have the best idea because they've actually thought about it. You know, I don't think, I just talk. But peacemakers, man, God bless you, I love you. But when you're unhealthy, you are not aggressive. You are passive aggressive. Okay, wives, come on, listen to me. Are you happy in your marriage? Oh yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you something, if you're a nine, your spirit animal is the elephant. I know, strong, powerful. Try to move an elephant if it doesn't wanna go anywhere. That's a nine. That's a nine, I'm just gonna sit here. I can make all of your lives miserable by doing nothing. <laughs> you ever tried to drag a person just plain dead, you know? Like some of you got a four-year-old, you're like, how are you this heavy? I was like, yeah, that's a nine. They're not going to do anything against you, but they're not going to be moved by you. And if you're raising a nine or you're married to a nine or you love a nine, they can be very powerful by doing nothing. Peacemakers, God bless you, I love you, you can be stubborn. It's your superpower. I will not move. I will die here. Death is not that intimidating. It's rest forever. <laughs> But peacemakers, they can be indecisive, inactive, wait for it, prone to procrastination. If you are raising a nine, and we are raising some nines, my kids are like, oh, I'll get to that later, dad. No, you won't. I know, I know your record. I know you do not do this. <laughs> Listen to me, nines. Jordan Peterson, one of the greatest philosophers of our age, says this, the worst decision of all is none. And some of you, you've done nothing. Some of the young people in our church, listen to me, you, you're turning 30 this year. I don't know if you know this, but the years, years kind of get past you. You've been out of school now at 30 as many years as you were in school. Some of you are like, oh, I never did the math. <laughs> Think about that. Every year when you were in school, at least you were learning something. You were moving towards something. You turned 18 and you just stopped. 
Let me ask you a question. What have you done? What have you done with your life? You're gonna blink and then you're gonna be 40. Peacemakers, listen this. They tend to not do the important or necessary things required for growth. Here's the thing, growth is hard. Growth is hard. That's why if you're nine, you're like, why don't you go to the gym? You're like, I've been, it hurts. <laughs> it hurts. Muscles don't grow unless they hurt. Your brain doesn't grow unless it thinks. That's why we like to judge people, amen? Because it's so much easier. Thinking is hard. Judging is easy. Going to hell, going to hell, going to hell. The peacemaker, I love you. You're a wonderful, beautiful, amazing person, but your core sin is laziness. It just is. I could do something, but why? A good friend of mine who's a nine says this, why stand when you can lay down? <laughs> why? Because you can't get a lot done laying down. And let me say this if you're a nine. One of the harshest things Jesus ever says is in Matthew 25, 26. It's the parable of the talents. And he gets to the nine who did nothing with what he was given. And the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. We don't think of laziness as wickedness, but it is. And let me say this, if you're raising a nine, parents, you are not doing your kids any favors by doing everything for them. This is a newsflash for some of you. There are no cultures on earth, none, zero, that have advanced without having to survive severe winters. Think about that. Why do cultures in the North typically do better than cultures in the South? Because winter is coming, my friends. It's coming. And if you don't have food stored, guess what? You starve. You starve. So some of you as parents need to start, you know, singing around your 25-year-old that's sitting at home. Sing, let it snow, let it snow. Because you're going to get a job because I'm going to make it awful cold in here. Just play Frozen on repeat. But that's what you got to do. You've got to learn to challenge them. And so many of you who are nines, listen to me, you've made the easy decision after easy decision after easy decision, which has now put you in a horrible position. And some of you parents are like, well, that's a little harsh, okay? Well, Abraham doesn't have a son at first, but he does have a nephew and his name is Lot. And Abraham is never willing to confront Lot. He never challenges Lot. He never disciplines Lot, he spoils Lot, and he blocks and he tackles for Lot, and Lot's life is a disaster. And oh, by the way, parents, guess where Lot decides to live? In the valley of Sodom and Gomorrah, because it was the easy life. It was the easy life. And even when God was gracious to Lot, and he said, don't look back, his wife did, and she was turned to a pillar of salt because he'd never been challenged. He'd never been told, listen to me, Lot, here's the consequence for your decision. Abraham bails him out over and over and over again. And ultimately, listen to me, mom, dad, he does not save Lot, he destroys him. You see, one of the things that motivates young children, young adults, singles, is consequence. 
It's consequence. Ooh, that hurt. I'm not doing that again. And that's what we need to do. We need to challenge nines to not sell themselves short. Because listen to me, nines, you're the most gifted of all of us. But your laziness just outmatches your giftedness. It doesn't matter how talented you are if you don't put in the work. Because success is putting in the work over time. Laziness is like, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it the next day. And then you're gonna wake up one day, you're gonna be very frustrated because everybody else, less gifted, less wise, has surpassed you. A healthy peacemaker is always in pursuit of embracing healthy conflict, okay? Now, if you're an eight, you're like, yeah, amen. Come on, let's just rough it up a little bit today. Nines, you don't like that. Nines, as soon as, you know, voices start getting raised at work, as soon as, you know, like if, 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 if mom and dad are fighting and your kids are nine, they're just like, okay, I'm gonna leave. You know, if you're raising a little one, they're gonna say, mom's right or dad's right. Or the eight just wants to be in the middle and fight with everybody. Come on, let's bring it up. But the nine, they just kind of drift away. And you have to learn, not all conflict is bad. Sometimes it's an opportunity to discover something that's good. Healthy nines, listen to me, you have to learn to declare your wants and needs. Here's what I want. Here's what I need. Here's how I feel. And it's gonna be hard for you because your whole life you've squashed what you've thought. So listen to me, nines. Abraham's wife comes to him. She says, we haven't had a child of our own. Why don't you have sex with my servant, Hagar? And Abraham's like, okay. That's a bad idea. That's a bad idea. Rather than confronting Sarah and saying, you know, we need to trust God because God has promised we'd have a child. We don't need to do this ourselves. He gives in to her and ultimately he brings heartache to his family by inviting sin into his bed. The nines will always pick the easy road and the easy road is almost never the right road. So here's the secret if you're a nine today, the secret to unlocking your potential. And let me tell you something, you have immense potential. You are gifted beyond what you know is to stop avoiding what you know you should and could be doing but are avoiding. So if you're 28 years old or 40, guys, put down the video game controller. Stop playing games and start living your life. Start living your life. For some of you, man, it's just going right by. Life is a gift. It's also a challenge. But until you face the challenge of life, you're never gonna live out the blessings of life that God has for you. So how can the peacemaker become real with themselves? This is the most important thing. Own and resolve your own feelings. Some of you are nines and you know how I feel, but you don't know how you feel. You can be a therapist and lead others to their full potential and miss yours. Do the hard things. Ask yourself, how do I feel? Why do I do this? Why do I avoid? Why am I so afraid of pain and conflict? I want you to do this if you're a nine. I want you to imagine your life 10 years from now. You see, in our world, most of us only think 15 minutes from now. Is this gonna make me happy right now? I want you to think 10 years down the line. What would happen instead of avoiding all the things you know you should do? What if you did them? 
Listen to me, you will become exactly who Jesus is calling you to be. Can you imagine 10 years from now, you are walking in the middle of God's will for your life. Some of you are frustrated with your finances. I just want you to think 10 years from now, 10 years from now, not 10 days from now, not 10 months from now, 10 years from now. What if I start living obedient to God with my finances? What does my life look like? What does my career look like? What do my friendships look like? What do my, my relationships look like? What do my kids look like? And let me tell you something. It will not be easy, but it will be worth it. This last week, I'm gonna try to say this without crying. I walked my, my oldest daughter down the aisle and I'm telling you, it was just a flash of emotions. I remember holding her, watching her walk. You know, when you, when you, when you have little blonde haired kids, they're all born bald, you know? I remember my wife when she's three years old, you know, trying to get a little hair. You know, there's more bow than hair. You're like, okay, I know it's gonna be there. But I remember when her hair came in. This week, my wife and I we were trying to find pants for our son because we lost the pants. And it's COVID, you can't buy pants. So I dropped my wife off at Kohl's and I was gonna pick her up and this dad comes out with a, with a two or three year old blonde haired girl. It's just hair in front of her face. And she went like this, she pulled her hair from her face and she looked right at me and she went. And I just started crying. <laughs> but here's the thing, you know at the wedding, here's what people said. You've raised such an amazing daughter. Here's why. Because when it was hard, I didn't run. I didn't run. Raising kids is not easy. Making kids is fun. <laughs> Raising kids, yeah, we got one amen from a guy. Raising kids is not fun. It's not fun, but it is worth it. It is worth it. But in order for it to be worth it, you have to lean into the hard conversations, the long nights, and the difficult, difficult, heart-wrenching moments. Because my daughter married an amazing man, but there were other not-so-amazing men. And I had to step in and say, look, I know what your heart wants, but this is not what God's heart wants. And those were tough. Listen to me, parents, if you wanna be your kids' friends, you just wrecked your kids. They got plenty of friends and they're all morons. <laughs> they don't need another moron. They need a mom and a dad. They need a mom and a dad that will do the hard things and do the hard choices so that you can watch them walk down an aisle and watch them walk right into the will of God. It is not easy. Jesus said, narrow is the road that leads to life and there are few that find it but it is worth it. What would happen if you as a couple, you said, you know what? We're gonna have a crappy week and we're gonna talk about all this stuff that we don't talk about and we pretend that's not real so we can have an awesome marriage. 
You see, that's why many of you, you have a mediocre, mundane marriage because you won't sacrifice a week so you can live out the life God's calling you to live. Maybe you can't solve it in a night. Maybe you can't fix it in a week. But Jesus said the truth will what? It'll set you free. What he didn't tell you is it's gonna mess you up first. <laughs> then it sets you free. How a peacemaker can be real with others. Make declarative statements. I'm not happy. I don't like this. That was not fun. I don't wanna do that again. Stop that. Stop that. Some of you are nines, you have Disneyland passes. You hate Disneyland. <laughs> right now, you're watching this in the car. You got the ears on your head. You just need to say, I hate the mouse. I hate the mouse. I hate lines. I hate people at Disneyland. I don't ever want to go again. And your entire family's gonna be like, mom, you love Disneyland. No, I don't. I don't. And just declare it, it is so, I have spoken. And let me tell you, people are gonna have a hard time because you've never been real. Some of you are gonna go, I don't like new mom. I want old mom. Where's old, where's old mom? But you have to embrace this, that conflict isn't necessarily bad. It can actually lead to resolution. Some of the unhealthiest churches are the churches that don't know how to deal with conflict. Okay, I don't like conflict, but I don't run from it. Because we all lie to ourselves, right? Time heals all wounds. No, it doesn't. It just suppresses them. And you'll save that for later. So how can the peacemaker be real with God? Pursue faith with action. Romans 12, 11 says this, never be lazy. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. God has given you gifts and he has not given them to you to waste them. I cannot emphasize this enough. Christians, we do not think about judgment day enough. We do not think about accountability enough. One day we will stand before God and be held accountable, not for the gifts we didn't have, not for the money that we didn't make, but for what we did have and what we did make. And the Lord's gonna look at what we did with our life. Live to please the Lord with your one and only life that you've been given. So how do you love a peacemaker? Number one, man, I, I, wish, I wish I would have included this in my book, but I missed it. I know. Recognize their hidden power. You know nines, you don't think you're strong. You are sandwiched in between eights and ones. <laughs> yeah, look to your left, look to your right. You're right in the middle, baby. Because you are stronger than you and I think you are. Number two, create an environment where their voice is heard and it matters. If you got a bunch of kids and one of them's a nine, you gotta say, okay, little Danny, what do you want? And Danny's gonna look at the other siblings. Don't look at them, I'm asking you. Because a nine will look to their siblings for what they want. No, no, what do you want? Don't shield them from conflict, but encourage them to actively engage. Some of you parents, you constantly get involved with every single conflict. And one of the reasons our millennials are having such a hard time with life is they didn't learn to navigate, they didn't learn to navigate conflict with each other because we navigated it. We dealt with it rather than letting them learn to deal with it, okay? You and I, we thought playground was hell when we grew up. That was actually formative. <laughs> it was helpful. 
You see, you need to learn to survive the playground to survive life. Turns out dodgeball is helpful. <laughs> Not hateful. Number four, celebrate them when they finish a project. Amen. Nines, I know you got a list of all the things you were gonna do. <laughs> but just celebrate when they finish one. Don't be like, it's about time, good God. <laughs> Next, number five, don't push them to sprint, but listen to me nines, you do have to learn to jog, okay? And six, thank them for their gift to see the other side of things. Can I just be honest? I am blinded by my own vision. Nines help me to see the other side. And I naturally, I just don't see it. I don't see the other perspective, right? There's my perspective and then there's the wrong perspective. <laughs> Nines help me to see someone else's point of view, someone else's perspective. Nines, we love you, God made you, but we need you to embrace the hardness and difficulty of life because this life is, is, is too precious to avoid everything difficult. Think of the words of Jesus. He says, if any man or woman would come after me, let them deny themselves and listen to this nines and pick up their cross. It's a symbol of suffering, difficulty, and death. And come and follow me. You see, Jesus knows the secret sauce to you becoming who he's made you to be is embracing difficulty and learning to suffer. That's the secret sauce of life, according to Jesus. Look, I love you, God loves you, and he has designed you on purpose for a purpose, and that's to bring peace to the rest of our lives. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus, we thank God for nines. God, I wish we had more nines in America right now. We are more divided than we've ever been. Lord, I just pray that you would supernaturally gift and empower nines to bring unity to our homes, peace to our families, peace to our churches, and God, peace to our country. Bless them with a supernatural strength and courage to step into conflict because oftentimes they are the only ones that can bring a resolution. Bless them with your power and your strength, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.